my friends, and once again, welcome into the JMAC podcast. Today, an important question. It's a question that came up a lot during my political campaign, and that is, should we get rid of the Electoral College? So many people out there want to throw it out, and they want the president to be chosen by popular vote. Now, oddly enough, all of the people who seem to want that are people who are not getting the president they want, and that person that they do want is getting the popular vote, but they are losing in the Electoral College. So a lot of this feels to me like we're not getting what we want, so we want to change the status quo so that we can get what we want. And I'm afraid, and I've tried to explain this several times, but I think that it's a good opportunity once again to kind of go through it. Um, the whole design and reason for the Electoral College. There was so much genius in what our founding fathers did. And it's so important that we understand it. And I think that we embrace it. And oftentimes, I believe that those people who want to go to a popular vote either, I don't want to classify them all in, into one group, but I, I feel as though many of them don't understand the original design of the Constitution and why it is that we are called the United States of America instead of just being called America or United America. We're called the United States of America for a reason. And, and I saw this right up. This is an opinion piece. It's by, uh, I, I'm going to massacre his name, Frank Pignanelli. Uh, this is in, uh, this is on Deseret.com. Uh, and there's some interesting points to be made here. So this is opinion. Are perceived threats to democracy real or imagined? And let's just go through some of this. It says, quote, a growing number of national politicians, academics, and journalists are complaining more frequently that the U.S. Constitution is undemocratic and even a threat to democracy. Now, the, the first thing that I would say to that is, yes, it's undemocratic. We're not a democracy. Yes, let's just admit it. Let's just get it out there. It is it is undemocratic, and it is that way by design. So let's go on and read some more. It is undemocratic and even a threat to democracy because it includes such provisions as giving each state, no matter its population, two U.S. senators. They lament the fact that presidents are not elected by popular vote, but instead by the Electoral College, which doesn't always reflect the majority vote. And because the undemocratic Senate confirms federal judges, small states even have disproportionate influence in the judicial system. Thus, they say all three branches of the federal government are undemocratic and constitutional changes needed. We considered these weighty matters. So in this write-up, there's some pros 
and there's some cons. I recommend it to you. I'll put a link in the podcast so you can read it all. Quote, one New York Times columnist recently wrote that the greatest long-term threat to democracy in our nation is, in fact, the Constitution. He quoted a noted legal scholar who said the Constitution may be the enemy of democracy it supposedly sustains. Should the Constitution be amended to enable a true mass democracy? Now, I say no. No, 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 I do not want a true mass democracy. And there are great reasons for that, and we'll get to that. Now, he said, he quoted Thomas Jefferson, who said, quote, every constitution then and every law naturally expires at the end of 19 years. If it be enforced longer, it is an act of force and not of right. Now, I fully admit that the founders wanted it to be a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. That's why they created an amendment process. But the idea that every law should become defunct after 19 years, I mean, not only is that unreasonable, um, it's not feasible to to be able to pull that off. This goes on to say the founders wanted democracy, but with protections to prevent too much power in the hands of an overbearing majority or an unrepresentative majority. This explains the checks and balances that often frustrate the hopes for a more efficient, but possibly dangerous process. Um, And this is, by the way, uh, let me quote who this is. This is Republican LeVar Webb. Uh, He's a former journalist and a semi-retired small farmer and uh, political consultant. The person with the opposing viewpoint, Frank uh, Pignanelli, is a Salt Lake attorney, lobbyist, and political advisor. So this is from uh, Webb. He says... The greatest threat to our democratic republic isn't the Constitution. It's the left-wing politicians, pundits, and academics who would throw out foundational constitutional provisions and create a pure democracy. Another name for mob rule. It drives some elitists crazy that the population centers on both coasts and in the big cities don't completely control politics in this country. Remember, and this is such an important point, remember it was the states that created the federal government, not the other way around. The founders very intentionally created a governance structure that recognized the importance of states and gave each state special status. Today, we have 50 very different states. Presidential candidates must recognize them as unique entities. They can't just campaign to the masses of people. The Senate makeup ensures that the small states are not marginalized in the congressional process. Without these constitutional provisions that the elites call undemocratic, 
politicians wouldn't care about state interests or state boundaries. They would simply appeal to large population centers. Large states would have multiple senators and small states would be crushed. This is so important to understand. We are the United States of America. Now, what that means is during the uh, Constitutional Convention, the individual states or colonies recognize the need for certain federal powers. And so they said, well, we're willing to give up a portion of our power so that the federal government can do certain things. So national defense, uh, coining money. You look at Article 1, Section 8, you can see all of those in the Constitution. But then the 10th Amendment makes clear everything else not mentioned here in the Constitution is reserved for the states. Why? Because the states are sovereign entities. They stand alone with their own authority, their own government, their own legislature, their own power. And they wanted representation, equal representation in legislative halls. Now, it's not completely uh, equal. They are equal when it comes to the Senate. They are not equal when it comes to the House of Representatives. And they are not equal when it comes to electoral college votes. People who think that their vote doesn't count as much when they live in California or New York or somewhere else, they're completely wrong. They have more electoral college votes than we do here in the state of Utah and other places. Is it proportional to, to population? Is it the same as if we had a pure democracy? The answer is no. But imagine a world where it was pure democracy. This country would be controlled by the coasts, East Coast and West Coast. And we here in Utah, uh, other states in the middle of the country, would have absolutely no say in our government and in what happens to us in our own areas. This is the profound beauty of the Constitution, is that we here, I'm in the state of Utah, I can have an impact on my government here in the state of Utah. And the state of Utah is sovereign. The federal government cannot act upon our state unless they have constitutional authority to do so. So you need to stop looking at this as one giant country where all of the masses should be able to vote and control everybody else. That's not the way it was designed. That was never the intent. We are 50 sovereign states that have individual rights and individual authority, and I love it. And I have to tell you, I love the Electoral College because without it, you wouldn't have presidents caring about any states that didn't have large populations. I mean, think about it. If presidential elections were all about the popular vote, would presidents ever go to smaller states? 
Would they ever campaign in smaller states? Of course they wouldn't. They'd spend all their time on the coast and they wouldn't care about our vote whatsoever. And and you sit there and you may think, well, the president, the presidential candidates never come to my state because we only have two electoral college votes or whatever. No, that's not why they don't come to your state. They would come to your state if you were a swing state. But like here in the state of Utah, there's no doubt that the Republican president is going to win the electoral college votes because we are so far slanted to the right. So a Democrat has no reason to come to this state to campaign. And a Republican candidate, if they do come to this state, it's not to campaign, it's to get donations. But you look at other smaller states that have small numbers of electoral college votes who are swing states, who you don't know if they're going to go blue or red. Presidents spend huge amounts of time there and they spend millions of dollars there. And so this is one of the reasons why it's not a good idea to have a state where it's already known exactly how we're all going to vote. It allows for gerrymandering and it makes us irrelevant in the eyes of presidential candidates because and even in Congress because they know how we're going to vote. So please, I caution you before you start thinking we need to go to a popular vote. Please remember, first of all, the Constitution is its authority comes from the states. And if you're talking about going to a popular vote, you're literally talking about the federal government taking over the states and the states would no longer have their own authority. That is a completely different type of government. And I believe it's a dangerous type of government. This particular article calls it mob rule. I've explained in previous podcasts why I think representation is so much more important than pure democracy. I hope that you'll watch those and and listen to them. And I hope you'll share with me in the comments what you think about what I've shared today. And look, I know it doesn't feel fair that a presidential candidate wins a popular vote, but he can't be president because he didn't win the Electoral College. I know that that doesn't seem fair, but the president was never, ever meant to be chosen by the people. That may shock you. The president was never meant to be chosen by the people. The president was supposed to be chosen by the states. And the states get to control how they run their elections. So states decide who presidents are. That's what keeps them relevant to presidential candidates. It's genius. It's absolutely genius. So before you dive on this train and start to believe that somehow we need to throw it all out, give it some serious consideration. Let me know what you think in the comments. In the meantime, please take a minute and like, share, and subscribe to this video. Go over to jmcfarland.com if you like this comment. 
uh, producing this and uh, taking time out of my day. It does cost money. So please join the JMAC Members Club. Only $5 a month to get started. Uh, there's cool prizes involved depending on what level you come in at. Uh, so that will help me continue to bring this content to you every day. Thank you so much and I hope you have a wonderful day.